Welcome to From Kitchen to Cause, the podcast where hospitality business owners just like you share their founding cause and how sharing your cause builds a lasting community. I'm Hilary Barr, your host. Today I will speak with David Helbron about one of the most requested topics and a huge challenge hospitality businesses are facing, which is rent. David is the founding partner of Helbron Levy, the country's largest law firm focused purely on hospitality. David, thank you for joining us. Today's episode is about the changing nature of rent for hospitality businesses, and you have a very unique perspective on this. How did your experiences as a coffee chain owner inspire you to start your hospitality law firm? I was running coffee bars in Manhattan in the late 90s, early 2000s, when the third wave of coffee was just starting to pop up. And as I started to grow my coffee company, I started hiring all these different lawyers. Even though I had a law degree, I had gone to law school, I decided that I wanted to stay in hospitality. So I just did not practice law. But I went to law school, so I knew what lawyers were supposed to do. And I found that I had three or four lawyers, one for real estate, one for business, one for intellectual property. And at some point, I decided to to sell my business because, frankly, I got tired of waking up at 4 in the morning every day. And I went into the practice of law. And when I did, I decided that I would work for the people that I knew who were all restaurant people. So I started to do that. We developed a firm. Now we're the largest firm that I know of in the country that is purely hospitality. We're almost a 20-person firm, and we only represent the hospitality industry. So being a coffee bar owner helped me understand the plight of the small business restaurant owner, and now we take good care of them in everything we do. So you've really been with this industry through the years. I'm sure that you've seen many changes but no amount compared to the past few months as we've gone through this pandemic. And the last that I heard, about 90% of restaurants and bars in New York City couldn't pay rent in August, or at least full rent. What kind of conversations have you been having with your clients about rent the past few months? Well, nobody can pay full rent. When people rent a restaurant, they look at how many seats there are, they do their their business calculations to figure out how much revenue they can generate, and they pay a rent based on that. So and here in New York, we're at 25% capacity plus outdoor dining, but it's getting colder, so the outdoor dining is starting to dwindle. But none of our clients are paying full rent. Everybody's paying a percentage, and, and it comes in different forms. Some have worked out deals with landlords where they're paying just like a flat 50% of the rent or some number like that, and others have gone onto a percentage rent deal where they're actually paying a percentage of their sales to the landlord for rent. When you've had these negotiations with the landlords to help your clients, how do the landlords evaluate whether they'll agree to go on a percentage rent or whether they prefer a more traditional fixed amount? Well, it really depends on the type of landlord they are. We have found that there are three distinct types of landlords here in the city. One is the developer the big guy who, you know, builds Hudson Yards or Time Warner Center and has food and beverage retail as part of the mix of their development. The developers have been very receptive to working with us and doing percentage rent deals. They understand that model. They're business savvy. 
and frankly, they can afford the losses. So they've been good. They, they represent probably 20% of the landlords in the city. The other 20%, uh, or another 20%, is the, the mom and pops. And these are people who may own a handful of buildings in Brooklyn or Manhattan, and maybe they make their living off it, maybe they don't, but they tend to be more human than other landlords, and we have found that they have also been more willing to work with us, mostly because they know who we are, they come to our restaurants, and that they're nicer people. And then you have the middle 60%. They're the, the difficult ones. These are the, the firms and the groups that own multiple buildings in and around Manhattan and Brooklyn. And it could be 30 buildings, could be 100 buildings. And it's a very difficult rough and tumble world that these landlords live in. Being a New York City landlord is tough and it makes you very tough. And they bring that toughness over to our negotiation. Typically, these landlords don't really care much about who you are and about your business and what it's doing for their building. They want the money. And they've been the hardest to handle. We end up working things out with them, but it's, it's never on as good of terms as with the other two groups. For this group, are they leaning more towards the percentage rents or more towards the traditional? And what, what would you say is the most common scenario that you've been able to work out with them? Yeah, the, the middle groups don't like percentage rents, nor do the restaurateurs, mostly because they don't want to be in business with these guys and, and women. They're just not typically the greatest people. So you don't want them involved in your books and you don't want to deal with them. And they also don't trust anybody, the landlords. So we're working out deals with them that is just a straight percentage cut of the rent. So if you're paying $10,000 a month, you figure out what you can afford. You go to the landlord and you say, until this is over, until COVID is over, or maybe for the next six months, sometimes we just pick a term, I'll pay you, I'll pay you 50, uh, 5000 or 4000 or 6000 or a number that you think as an operator you can live with. Something interesting you did was a webinar, a piece on the Lower East, where you were helping landlords and tenants understand each other better. And one thing that was very interesting there was you were explaining the business model of these landlords and why they're not cooperating. And it sounds like one of the key reasons is that the higher the rent, the higher the property value. And from their business model perspective, it makes it easier for them to raise capital from the banks. Are you starting to see any changes in how the banks are adapting and are, are the banks starting to understand better the struggle of the landlords and the tenants? We were hoping to see that. I haven't seen much of it. I'm reading about it here and there as larger tenants are starting to file for bankruptcy and go out of business. But, you know, in, in, the, in the pit, as we call it, in the daily fights that we have with landlords for for small and medium-sized restaurateurs, we're not really seeing any change, and they're certainly not mentioning it. As all these restaurants are kind of in the same boat together, many of them, not, or most of them, it sounds like, not paying the full rent, would you say that the businesses are anxious about rent, or is it not really a critical concern compared to their other issues just because it's so common for everyone now? Oh, it's, it's number one on the list of things that promote anxiety within a restaurant owner. It's the rent. It's, it's tough to pay. It's tough to know if you made a good deal. 
Um, tough to know if you're going to be able to generate enough revenue by getting enough people to eat at your place to pay it. So it's still your, your number one problem. Of course, getting rid of COVID is number two, and having a person in the White House who will help that is also up there, but it's always rent, number one problem. Thinking about how can we help these restaurants with this issue, I'm curious what you think about the trend of co-working. So Starbucks is piloting a coffee shop co-working hybrid space in Japan. And I'm starting to see that more and more people are working out of coffee shops rather than office spaces. Do you believe that there will be more of a growth in people that are working out of these hospitality businesses? And do you believe that if the businesses were to charge, say, a few dollars an hour to rent the tables, that it could help them offset the cost of rent? Yes, I do think that will happen. I don't think it's going to be a big money maker for restaurants here in the city. It's just the, the rents are so high that the amount of money you'll make to charge someone a couple bucks an hour to rent the table is just not going to put too much of a dent in it. In other places, maybe where the rent isn't so high, more suburban areas, do you believe that this could help the coffee shop owners recover some of the losses to rent every month? Sure, sure. And, you know, anytime you can promote your business by getting people to come and sit down in it, it's helpful, right? If I'm going to come and I think, uh, well, I just need a couple of hours to, to, to write an essay, uh, and then I order a coffee, and then I order another coffee, and then I get hungry, and then I order something to eat. So, sure, it could, it could help. And I'm curious, are you seeing any growth with clients that have existing locations but are starting the process of opening new locations? And what kind of challenges are people having with getting a new space right now? There are people who are taking advantage of the situation. And by that, I mean that rents have fallen, that there are a lot of spaces now also that are available to buy. The one way to grow, if you have a restaurant and you want to open up another restaurant, is you can find an empty space, a white box, and build out your space and that might take you four months or six months and a bunch of money, but that's how a lot of people do it. Another way, especially in New York City, is to do what we call it is a key money deal. And that is you're paying money to somebody who has built out a restaurant who's gone out of business or is going out of business. And you might pay them $50,000, you might pay them $100,000 for a four or $500,000 build out. The beauty of that is you get a fully built space that's ventilated, that's up to code, then they have a liquor license where you attach to it, and you can get open in no time. So a lot of people are bargain hunting right now for places like that. Before the pandemic, you hear a lot that it could take about a year to actually sign a commercial lease because we have all these vacancies and these kind of bargain opportunities for people. Is it becoming a faster and easier turnaround time to get these leases? Well, in New York, it's never been that long of a wait. If you find a place and you make a deal, you'll have a a signed lease in a matter of a month or so. But that's still still the case. It really hasn't changed much. There's a lot of spaces available. Landlords are now much more familiar with the terms we're going to be asking for that deal with COVID, whether it's percentage rent until COVID's over, whether it's uh, percentage rent tied to the different occupancy rates that we see here in the city. For example, for some of our tenants, 
right? If, if occupancy is 25%, they're paying a certain dollar amount, and it goes up once Governor Cuomo allows it to 50%, and then it goes up again if it gets to 75 and again to 100 So that's what we're seeing. Are there any specific laws that are pending that you've been monitoring that you hope will pass that could potentially benefit the New York City hospitality business owners? No, there was a rash of, of laws that were intended to help early on. One of them is local law, city law 1932A. And that law basically allows restaurant owners to walk away from their leases if due to COVID they've failed. And it keeps the landlord and prohibits the landlord from suing the owners personally. Every time you sign a lease here in the city, you have to personally guarantee it. So you sign it on behalf of your company and you say, I, this, I, David, guarantee that if the company goes out of business that I will pay you, landlord. And it's a pretty big burden. So with these in place, you can imagine if people were going out of business during COVID and then they the landlord came after them and said, well, I don't care that your business is out of business. We're after you because you guaranteed it. This law, 1932A, says you can walk away without it. Now, there has been a case filed by the landlords, of course, in federal court trying to quash this, this law. We're waiting for a judge's response to an early motion, so she upholds it. But we think it's going to be upheld. But other than that, and other than you know, outdoor dining, which has helped. There hasn't been all that much. How are you seeing your clients try to adapt? And are you seeing any changes in the way that they're doing marketing or trying to bring more people to their spaces? Well, everybody's trying everything, honestly. People are trying brand new things that they've never had to before, which in a way is, is a positive thing. It's always good to learn new marketing techniques. That being said, you know, Everyone's hustling. You're out there hustling. You're trying to put together fun dinners. You're trying to make your place super safe so everybody knows that they can eat there uh, without a problem. You're obviously pivoting to delivery um, and, and things like that, things you've, you've never really had to do before. Typically, you open up your restaurant, you hire a PR firm, you do a little online advertising, and you're off and running. There was a quote by you that I liked in the New York Post, I believe it was in April, where you said that you believe the hospitality scene may return to normal once people feel confident the pandemic is over and there's a vaccine and that it'll be like the roaring 20s again. Do you still feel this way as the months have gone by? Do you still believe that the industry can get back to normal? It's going to get better than back to normal. It's going to, to thrive once again. It's going to go through a huge growth phase once people can, can get out of their apartments, especially here in the city where everyone's cooped up and be out and social again. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of one. Once that happens, what permanent changes do you believe the business owners will see in their relationships with landlords? Well, I think they're going to be a lot more careful when they negotiate their leases. I think we're all going to be addressing what happens in case of a future pandemic or some kind of catastrophe uh, to make sure that we're protected against it. I think landlords are going to start to appreciate their restaurant owners a little bit more, seeing how hard they're working to, to keep their businesses going. And ultimately, I think rents are going to come down and that 
<clears throat> the big lesson learned here by most restaurateurs is to take your landlord very seriously and to treat your landlord the same way you would treat a partner in your business because for all intents and purposes, they are your partner. They're going to be your partner for the next 5, 10, or 15 years. And so we're, we're now interviewing landlords the same way they would interview us. And we're doing background checks on landlords and seeing how many lawsuits they filed and talking to their tenants to see what kind of partner they're going to be. That's really good advice. And my last question for you, David, is for anybody in our audience who's been struggling with their rent or with their landlord that needs help renegotiating, what's the best way for them to get in touch with your firm? Well, they can just call us. They can send us an email. Our website is helbronlevy.com. You can always reach me at david at helbronlevy.com. I answer all emails. That's great. I could tell that you care a lot about this industry, and I appreciate everything that you're doing to help all the business owners get through this very difficult time. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of From Kitchen to Cause, and thank you to our sponsor, OrdaOnline.com, for helping businesses grow by sharing their cause.